0: The 3 points. Thanks City It's still alive here Caratelli Aguero oh! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again see, Walk away your life If that turns you wild It's all in the moment Look away in the sky It's about time That your mind took a holiday
1: Welcome to episode 36 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. In this pod, myself and Walter Smith do a kind of mid-season review, taking in the game against Leicester, and I started off by asking Walter... What's going wrong? What's been going wrong in the last two games particularly?
0: There's a lot of different factors going on at the moment. I mean, what made me laugh is I just recorded something for BT there and uh, it was asking me about 2018 and my feelings towards 2018 as a whole, as a a body of work. And I was saying it's the best ever for a Manchester City fan. I can't Mm -hmm. think of a better year where we set all these points, totals, records. We were just record-breaking all over the place. And in, in 99 times out of 100, this season would be a fantastic start as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, we've come up against, um, I'll tell you what it is, we've got a challenge. And you, you've got two different types of people, I always find. When they're met by a challenge, you've got to, you've got some people who will fold and then you've got some people who rise to the challenge. And that's not only as a team, that's also as a fan base. You know, And I'm not saying, we were eight points behind with six games to go. And I remember listening to a Manchester United podcast. Uh, this was at the end of the season. I just thought I'd dig it out, and it was—it was all over. They—they yeah, won, and they were—they were celebrating the fact. Um, Who's that Mancunian bookie that always seems to pay out? Betfred. Yeah, he—he he was paying out. You know the Manchester. You know they've won it. They've won it. They've won it. And unfortunately, for if, um, if I reckon, if you talk to and you're going to struggle to find some maybe but if you talk to a sensible Liverpool fan they know this ain't over and a Tottenham fan they probably don't still don't think they've got a chance of winning the league either. So I'm very much of the opinion December wasn't a great month for Manchester City and certainly not in the league. But every team has a dip and it's how we respond to that now. And we need to start responding against Southampton because people are talking about this crunch game against Liverpool. Well, if there's another three points added to the total, it becomes less of a crunch game, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the worst case scenario is there's there's four points between us at the um at the end of that match when the whistle blows but even if there's slightly more there's points to play for there's games to be going at the season isn't over and anybody who thinks it is needs to go and give their head a wobble you know this is well I'm just looking at um, I mean people are talking about Pep and questioning Pep and I'm still looking and going yeah, yeah 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 you can question him that's your right and responsibility as a family in many respects but is there another player on the oh sorry another manager on the planet that I'd swap him for <laughs> get real
1: Walter I listened to the Transfer Window podcast tonight and uh, you wouldn't believe it this is one of the foremost Transfer Window specialists in McGarry and Duncan Castles and they reckon that we are in for a guy called Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid, and that we are also in for
0: Ces Fabregas.
1: Cesc Fabregas, C- 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 and I'm thinking, what would we need Fabregas for? Because he's not a defender; he can't defend the ball. He can certainly pass. What are th- what are they talking about, Walter?
0: To be honest with you, Cesc Fabregas wouldn't be a bad signing as a short term to the end of the season. Because for me, he's a guy who reads the game and intercepts. And if you're talking about tactical fouling, Fabregas can do that all over the shop. If I look. Look at uh, the drop-off. We've got Ferrandino and then we seem to be playing, whether it's Stones, whether it's Delft, whether it's Gundermann. Fabregas in that position and let's get this right Fabregas uh, you talked about him being an ex-Arsenal player I look at him more about being an ex-Barcelona player and he knows us. He knows Pep's system inside out and that's a guy who would like to play for Pep uh, whether that would come off you know and I think he counts as homegrown to be honest as well because he came over when he was so young um, and the other thing I would say is you look at every squad needs a freshen up they need new players coming in new blood needs to come in and we haven't really done that for what 18 months and Laporte the time before so I think Fabregas would be a good short-term solution and I'll probably get hounded for that but at the end of the day is he, he as a squad player to come in and rest Ferrandino, You know, I can think of worse options out there. don't know a lot about the Atletico Madrid uh, chap because my knowledge on La Liga is beyond poor.
1: Walter, there's no doubt about it. City cannot continue with midfielders turned as left-backs. If we were to go out and get someone like that fella called Junior Firpo or maybe Fauzi Gulam, they need a left-back Walter. They need a, a left-back. Do they not?
0: Well, I've been saying this for a while. I mean, Fabian Delph. Um, this is this is a sort of scenario, I've sort of built in my head. Um, Fabian Delph came in if your house is burning down you phone a fire you know you phone a fireman with a fire truck uh, but once he's put out the fire you don't keep him hanging around you get a decorator in you know a specialised one and that's it with Fabian Del Fabian Del came in and he was our firefighter last year and what we also realised last year was he came in with a lot of goodwill because we all knew he was playing out of position but the goodwill continued because the games kept on going and we kept on winning but when there's questions asked for him and he's getting targeted uh, by opposition managers and you can see his positional play is not it's, it's it's happened a few times now whether it's the Leon game whether it's the Leicester game you know this sort of diagonal ball and he's for one of a term he's guessing about where the, the play is going to be and at top level football you can't guess and especially without Fernandinho there to, sh- to snuff out what's in front of him he's getting far more exposed and the more he gets exposed the more and I don't blame Delph by the way because um He's a hundred percenter. You know, he's 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 limited, and he's done an incredible job. But you wouldn't. Mike, I've said it a few times now. You you buy players and squads to where you want your team to be. And we want to be European champions, champ- Champions League is holders. That, is that
1: why Pep is saying that we're not buying anybody in January? Because we just can't get the right people in at the at the right price in that period?
0: Well, possibly so. I mean, that's the beauty of City now. There's no leaks, is there? It keeps um, we saying be... it. He said
1: it three times now, Walter. No new transfers. No new transfers. And every City <laughs> fan is saying, we need two new transfers
0: uh you just don't know with Pep, do you i mean i'm hoping pep is saying no new transfers just to put to, so that the price doesn't go through the roof yeah but if we say we're bringing in two players well then he's sort of held accountable for that you know and it's like well you haven't brought in and you're seen as if you say num and you deliver one you're a hero if you say two and you deliver one You're an ass. Why didn't you sort that out? Well, this time Um, last
1: year, Jurgen Klopp said that he was not bringing in any new transfers and they signed uh, Virgil van Dijk for 75 million. So I guess these managers do like the hopes, don't they?
0: Well, also, if you are if, if you say to people, look, we're not bringing in any, we're not bringing in any, or you're bringing in one, as soon as you say you're bringing in one or two, it puts pressure on you to do that. And the clubs that are dealing with us will just say, there's only one way to uh, alleviate this pressure. Mm-hmm. And they just put an extra zero or whatever on the end of it. And that's um, very much where we're at. So he's playing... If he said he was going to bring in five, six players, or whatever, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you just say, "Yeah, we're bringing in players," you're still setting yourself up because transfer negotiations are, um, you know, notoriously. Bad just for falling through and they can fall through for a million and one reasons.
1: To what extent have we been done by worldies and bad luck because I mean in the last two games it's almost been like the same script because it was basically the same story. We got, we got ahead, we, we started well, we got a worldie scored against us, I you know, against the world of play, a, a, a shot that would like nine times out of ten would, would have hit Rosette and then we didn't respond to that. We would you agree that 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 the script in the last two games has been pretty much the same?
0: When he scored the worldy, all I was expecting was uh, Delft to go and give away a penalty next, just Dush. to sort of keep the uh, the ebb and flow. Um, yeah, you know, I remember the Etihad when he's um, Townsend scored the um, that's goal. I <laughs> just sat there, and once you'd taken it in for about five seconds, you kind of went, yeah. And he's given me, people around me were applauding a goal of that quality because it was undeniable. Yeah. Um, I think th- we did respond, and I don't think we responded the correct way in many respects. We lumped the ball long into the box. And once you've got two defensive units like Palace and Leicester, that's. That's he, he, that's sort of going into their hands, if you know what I mean. In terms of you know, you've got Maguire there with his big slab head, who's <laughs> just going to clear anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the sort of slight thing that disappointed me in terms of we didn't our players. And I don't, I'd like to have seen Foden brought on because if you look at the goal we got, yeah, we played it through the middle, and when you looked at the Aguero opportunity where he missed it. Mm-hmm. It was De Bruyne going through the middle to Sane, who was running onto it. Another day, he not knock that in the back of the net, but he didn't. So we just seem to be forgetting what's made us successful and turn into a team that's just sort of lumping it into an area where the percentage chances of creating anything especially with whether it's Jesus or Aguero up from yeah. you know we're not talking about mountain men here you know uh, we're talking about those sort of short low center of gravity South American footballers and if we're going to lump it into the box that's when you need a Fellaini God forbid or that type of character to, to be there to have the knockdowns or to knock it in the back of the net and no City 5 I know, wants to bring in a Fellaini type of character, so the only other option is don't knock it into the box high up because it's just food and drink for the defences that we're facing.
1: The game turned when David Silva came on and what everyone's saying is that what we were missing is that someone like Leroy Sani, certainly he can do the business on his own, he can turn a player, but those little triangles that are caused by David Silva with Leroy lead to so many tap-in goals for City. It's something that you know is going to happen, but you can't stop it. It's great to see him back. He got like about, what was it, 10 or 15 minutes. But you saw at the end of that uh, Leicester game, that as soon as he came on, things changed for the better, didn't they?
0: Well, it's, hopefully it's having the, the Samson effect with that full head of hair. So He's looking he's, good. Uh, he's
1: looking good, isn't he?
0: <laughs> well, he's always looked good, but... Um, as a club, the size of where we want to be, we shouldn't be that reliant on a thirty odd year old player. Now, whether that's Fernandinho, whether that's Silver, we should be looking at bolstering the squad, future proofing the squad. I mean, I would have played Folden in a few more minutes to hopefully prevent the Silver injury because the hammy went, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And we seem to have rushed him back. Now, as a club that we want to be, we should be able to drop in and blood these youngsters. Uh, you know, drip feed them into the team, and we only see into our fold. And we should be buying in youngsters. If our if our squad, youth squad, isn't good enough to deliver at this stage, those youngsters, we should have bought. I mean, I'd have gone in. I'd have bought Declan Rice last summer for maybe twenty million and just placed him. You know, in, into the um, into the fold and let him learn and, and sort of. But then again, would he have got the time and, and minutes? And would he look as good as he does now under West Ham? I'm not. You know, no one can predict something that once the the road splits, as it were. You know, you can never go back down the other road so silver does look good and he's always looked good and he does make a difference to the game and what we're going to be hoping i mean against liverpool we've got to be hoping that it's fendinho but you know uh, de bruyne and silver in the middle and kevin de bruyne
1: you just mentioned he's been getting uh it's quite funny walter he's been edging his way back into the last two games but in the last three games he's scored two scorching goals I know one of them was a fluke because he was aiming for you know a cross but the one before that only only he he knows well the one before that where he knocked it from his left leg to his right leg and then absolutely arrowed in a a goal it just shows you what we've been missing doesn't
0: it De Bruyne for me would get into any team in the world and um, us not having him and Silva and Fernandinho I mean I was watching the Crystal Palace game and we set out with none of our our first choice midfielders, mm-hmm. and as we know, Pep Guardiola's sort of systems and structure very much depends on the pass and movement and the closing down of these midfielders. You know, these midfielders have got to, they've got to put the effort in, and they've also got to be technically world class. So to have your whole midfield just missing. You know, he's going to impact, but we should have still had enough of the likes of Palace. You know, Leicester had just gone and beaten Chelsea. But the thing is, I looked at that team when it went out, and I was—I del- mean, rightly or wrongly, was I was delighted that was back in it. But this is a guy who hasn't played for ages, and was- he did okay, didn't he? He did all right, um, and that's why the first goal shouldn't have stood in many respects because he was fouled. He
1: was fouled, <laughs> wasn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah yeah completely he was fouled you know and it was um, for me it was almost like a yellow card offense as well it wasn't just a it wasn't one of them where well I've seen him given it was it was, it was a black and white issue if you know what I mean and hmm. it was a, it was a foul um so Danilo but he's still getting back up to the speed of the games. You've got De Bruyne still get back up to speed. Aguero still looks rusty Um, and it just seems to be all these things are happening at the one time and are stretching the squad and... There's nothing that a team likes to do than beat the champions much, You know what I mean? And I that's what they're, they're... They're coming at us and we're there to be shot at because we are the best. So, you know, bring it on.
1: All of the commentators are saying Liverpool cannot go through the season without some kind of injury crisis, without some kind of slump do you agree with that? Or do you think that they can make it through without any of these things happening?
0: Well, it's all in the lap of the gods. So it, very, it could do or it might not do. You know, it's um, th- most teams go through a slump. Now, we went through a slight slump last year, but still carried on winning games. Such was our form. Mm-hmm. And I think you do Liverpool a massive disservice, by the way. You know, this is a challenge. Oh, no, and I, I respect them. They've got they've got a unit there that's, that works hard for the manager, buys into the ma- manager's philosophy, and are producing the goods, you know, the the producing the points on the table week in, week out. Now I'm sure when there's a lot of teams looked at us last year, they thought we'd have a slump at some point. But we just kept kept on going, kept on going, kept on going. Now what I'm hoping in some respects, I hope Liverpool beat beat by Munich and uh, uh, some of their energies are taken up by the Champions League because yeah. I think with the way that it's a, it's a club that's very much, I always feel, built on emotion. Um, that's something that can quickly change. Isn't,
1: isn't that exactly what um, Stefan said? Because the emotion flips both ways. When it goes well, for I, you, you know, it works wonderful, but when you get pegged back, it, it works against you, doesn't it?
0: Well, all you need to do is go and have a look at some of the BBC comments under the um, under the match reports. Now, some of these comments, and a lot of them are by by Liverpool fans, is they were, they were they were trying to dig us out for FFP, and everything was unfair, and City had all these advantages when we were ahead. Now they're ahead. It's um, it's a completely sort of role reversal. You know, Pep's a fraud, or. You know, you you name it, it's there, and they're now the greatest thing ever. So, there's they a club need to keep calm. They, they need to stop thinking about, or certainly, the club won't be thinking about it. But individual fans need to stop thinking about the the, the end game. They need to enjoy the moment and take each game as it comes. And if they start to swerve slightly off path, the same with us. To be honest, we need Mm -hmm. to think. Well, hang on a bit. They're seven points ahead, right? And they've they've earned those seven points, and that's absolutely fine. But what we need to do as a club and as a fan base is think. Well, they're going to have a wobble. Now that wobble, we had a wobble last year in March, but nobody was nobody was on our coattails to, to to take advantage of that. Now, when when they have a wobble, we need to make sure, yes, that we're there, the pressure is on, and we're going to take advantage. So we could either get behind the players, or we can start pulling them out. We can start booing the likes of Delph or the likes of Walker, and we can start, you know, throwing them to the wolves. You sound exactly and,
1: like David Gregory now. He's saying that we should get behind the team. What I'm, uh,
0: what I'm saying is, go on. I'm just going to say what I'm saying. What the point I'm trying to get across is: for me, you criticise the team in private, and that's right. what they'll be doing. Okay. But as a, when you're going out towards, you don't start digging players out or slaying players are tagging them into social media and telling them, pulling out all their, their basically they're telling them the, the crap, whatever, because what that will do is that'll just sort of reinforce any negativity. Mm-hmm. So you know, the amount of negative that seems to, again football just seems to be black and white, it annoys me. I see so many young people and older people to be fair and they're getting so irate about Pep Guardiola or his choice on there's so much energy it. expended to this um, any faults that are there within this Manchester City structure and then I just look around and I see people that are homeless and I see people who are dying and I see families going to the wall and I see a lot of poverty in Manchester. I just think, God, you know, football at the end of the day is the best form of entertainment in the world. But if you could take half that energy Mm-hmm. And then just fight real causes, you know, real issues that would make a difference. Football will be here again next year, but the guy who's living on the streets, who's homeless, might not be. We're all fans and we all want the best. Get some of that energy and get it into something that makes a difference to real people's lives.
1: Liverpool have gone unbeaten so far. Who do you think is going to be the first team to take the three points from them now they've got Arsenal coming up they've got us coming up they've got Wolverhampton coming up later in the season they've got Tottenham if it was up to you to decide which team is going to take the three points from that beast that is Liverpool who do you think it might be
0: well, it's up to me it'd be Arsenal because they're playing them next and then it'd be City yeah. and then it'd be whoever they've got after that it will probably end up if you remember we went through the we were gone through all these teams unbeaten, and then we, we just hit a funny game against Crystal Palace where they missed an opportunity right at the end and we could have lost that you know if they score that penalty we've lost the game Mm -hmm. and and fortunately for us they missed and then one of their players got injured trying to take down Kevin De Bruyne so you just don't know that's the beauty of football you don't know which one it is Liverpool came to our place last year and got hammered 5-0
1: they will say that's because they lost uh, Sadio Mane he was sent off
0: Yeah, then you don't stick your studs in the face of a goalkeeper absolutely absolutely. again you know that's football and the beauty of it was that narrative the narrative on that changed so much because we, you were looking at uh, Sky Sports News was still going on three weeks later It was it a red card and I'm looking at it thinking it's the most obvious red card you just read the rules and there you go you know and then they'd wheel out these scouse pundits from the 70s and 80s and tell us how football was different I don't care if it was you the 70s do. or 80s well that was a red card you know if you, he's fortunate that his stud didn't catch his eyeball you know yeah. um. Marnie wasn't thinking anything and people say well we don't know if he meant it or not and I'm looking it doesn't matter you endangered an opponent Opponent. you don't believe me look at his face it's endangering so uh, to be honest I'd love Arsenal to beat him and then the would love to come to us, and I'd love us to beat them. But if, if Arsenal can't do it, I'd like it to be us.
1: Well, Walter, another person that we need to defend and talk about is Kyle Walker because it all started, I guess, with Rio Ferdinand and it started with that little snippet of audio that was not meant to be broadcast, but someone got the hold of it and Rio said that um, Kyle Walker is a liability at the top level. And he was basically calling him out for the same thing that some City fans are calling Delph out for, and that is that the ball over the top, that Kyle is too busy attacking, and um, he doesn't get back in time. That was very embarrassing for Rio, because he didn't intend that to be broadcast. But from it seems like that from that time, there has been quite a lot of criticism of Kyle Walker. And of course, he made three mistakes in the game against uh, Crystal Palace. What what do you think?
0: Kyle Walker looks uh, knackered to me. He's, he needs um, three
1: weeks on the beach, do you not know, think?
0: He needs he needs rest. Now, whether that's on a beach or whether that's...
1: Five days for holiday, he says he's had since the World Cup.
0: But When you say five days holiday since the World Cup, well, that doesn't... It's five days holiday in the last 18 months. Yeah, so that's even this, worse. This is, well, but that's it. You know, you, you've got a player there who doesn't want to disappoint. And... That's not worried me in the slightest, um, his positioning sense. Uh, and the reason it's not worried me is he's he is living within Pep Guardiola's instructions. He's supposed to be bombing on, mm-hmm. and that's the, the role he's been given. So Ferdinand to call him out like that, and it was uh, against Chelsea that he did it. Yeah. Pep Guardiola would have told him, look, you need to be bombing on. That's what I want you to do. And I'm not being funny. If I'm Carl uh, Walker and I'm thinking, well, do we do what Pep says or do we do what Rio Ferdinand says? Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you with that option. Um And... What's worried me has been this was a fullback last year. I never ever saw outstripped for pace. This is a guy who broke record for the fastest um, run in Premier League history. Is he faster than him.
1: Leroy Sane? Even
0: uh, Sane broke it about a week later, I think. But mm-hmm. he did this. this I mean, but we're talking about two absolute elite athletes, but I haven't seen that this year. I've seen him getting done for pace quite a few times. It's almost I've, I've said it for, and it was before Rio mentioned it. Uh, it's been going now this for a few months where you can see he's overthinking things he looks knackered
1: mean, he looks knackered doesn't he
0: he does he does he looks but the thing is he's overthinking things and wh- he's also getting dumb which I never saw happen last year and you don't suddenly turn from being a bad player oh, sorry a good player to a bad player in one season and you don't you so, don't
1: beat Kyle Walker over 100 meters that's for sure
0: well people are That's what I'm saying is whether he's playing with injury and Pep's said to him, look, we're going to strap you up and stick you out there again because Danilo can't play. Mm -hmm. And he's gone, right, boss, I'll do that. But the problem is if you do something like that, if if you're prepared to go and play with an injury, fans are still calling you out. You know, because you don't want to make it obviously the opposite. So you don't make a public announcement, yes, this player has been playing with an injury. Just like we found out about Aguero, who played for four years with an injury. So whether he's played, uh, that's my suspicion anyway. And you've seen the holes in the socks appearing. You know, whether he's got a calf strain or whatever, he ain't running at the same speed he was this time 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. And that's my concern. So get get him have a break. Let him get get himself sorted. Get Danilo in there for however long it takes, and then get a a refresh walkabout because it's not only is it physically demanding. Can you imagine? Pep's voice in every day in training and Pep's voice when you're in the pitch on the pitch just going on in your head What's he just constant 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 it's got to be mentally draining as well and for anybody who's out there and who's got a job and they know that they're knackered they know that they're not going to be performing to the same level every single day because the human body is the human body it doesn't matter how much money you get paid this is he's not a bad player but he's playing badly at the moment is what I'm trying to get across
1: just a uh, slightly uh, stupid question to ask you Walter Does uh, Aguero need to dye his hair back to his normal colour and get his form back?
0: To be honest with you, I couldn't give a toss if he shaved it, painted his head green as long as he's scoring (laughs) goals. He is what he is. And, you know, uh, for me to comment on young men's fashion, you know... (laughs) There's no point in that. I've absolutely. got my own style and I'm sticking with it and I'm happy, and, you know. And I like your style. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, the whole point I'm still trying to make is he, he doesn't, uh, there's a few things that need to happen, I think. He, he also he's been needs- working
1: like a dog, Walter, hasn't he? He's been, I mean, you saw against Leicester, he was, he, he set up one of, one of the, go- uh, he set up our goal. He was absolutely working like a dog Um, and he's really taken on board what Pep has been saying. It hasn't been happening for him at the absolute cutting edge of our attack but he has been working Uh, my goodness he's been putting in a shift hasn't he
0: well he has done you know and that's the beauty of um, having a uh, Jesus as your backup. you know if you know and you don't have to say it just by by your performance you're not putting in 100% Mm. he just slaps over here Jesus on you go you know and um, then you go, go go and take them in private and have a word with him and tell them exactly why. Because what the, the one thing that I do find sort of, if I look at Aguero putting in all this effort, but then we're looking at Aguero and the service that he's received, it's been poor. And it's not, Aguero is still trying to find that sharpness, but the service that he's getting is second rate.
1: There's been a um, little bit of a fall off with Bernardo Silva. He's been, he's been played too much. He's been a little bit subdued, Walter, hasn't he?
0: What it always makes me laugh is um, I was listening to Johnny Giles, I think it was, and he was talking about, and he was, don't get me wrong, he was a fantastic player, and he was talking, and a lot of the ex-pros are not going to just single out Johnny Giles. So looking at all these ex-pros and they're saying, well, you know, we had a squad of 14, uh, 15, and we had to play 60-odd games a season, and, you know, we didn't get pull this tired card and that's absolutely fine and well but if you look at just even statistically speaking uh, the, the ground covered within a game the the miles the kilometers whatever way you want to measure it and the, the speed and then the short runs the sharp runs the fast runs the you know the dragging back you know the um, the pressing that you have to do in a game it's almost like a different sport that we're playing and if any of these teams from the seventies were to play this Manchester City team it would just end up being a demolition derby that because- sounds like the
1: four Yorkshireman uh, sketch from um from Monty Python you know it's like uh I had to live in a in a hole in 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 the ground and and stuff in in my day, but
0: well, we've got nearly four Yorkshiremen at the back, haven't we? So, but it's um, no, but but that's completely true. You know, it's you, you're right. It's um, it does a disservice. I mean, if you look at, you pick out any of the top teams, they all now have, especially within the Premier League, you need a bigger squad if you want to compete. Um Liverpool and Tottenham have being fortunate with the injuries. For how long their luck is going to continue? Who knows?
1: Two guys who have not let us down, Walter. Despite these uh, results, number 1 Ederson has made a number of crucial saves and Laporte. They're they're all to everyone is on about Van Dijk. They're all on about Van Dijk how probably because he's handsome and he's got a lovely name, but Laporte and Ederson have in my view anyway have been absolutely fantastic all the way through, haven't made any big mistakes. What do you think Walter?
0: Well, I find it interesting that the fact that I love the direct comparison between Edison and Mm Alisson you've got two Brazilian keepers and they're both they've been battling it out for one and two the teams have until this week uh, at the top of the Premier League and then you look at the stats as well and I just for me, again, it just goes back. I would much prefer Edison. Now, I know some Liverpool fan thinks I'm deluded and just spat out his pint there or his brew. Well, he's better reason- with his
1: feet. There's no doubt about that.
0: But that, but that's that's the whole idea. You've got this guy who's uh, in. We're playing a different brand of football than most, and the ball comes back to him, and what he can do with that ball. That it, Again, I only just found out recently how good a keeper he is because uh, last season I didn't know. People say to me you know, how good he is. I'm, like, I'm not overly sure how good he is. Um, so we're starting to see now what kind of mm. keeper he is. Three um,
1: crucial saves against Leicester and three crucial saves against Palace. He, he, he made some fantastic saves in both games. It wasn't no- enough for us, but he was brilliant.
0: I it was the one against Hoffenheim was the uh, pick of the lot for oh me. Oh
1: my gosh, that was unbelievable.
0: Just at full stretch, you could, just a proper Hollywood save. Yeah. But um, Laporte as well, he's just a cool customer.
1: Should we not be blooding Phil Foden a wee bit more than... I thought Pepper we should have done him. over
0: the last few... Well, I would have done just over the last few weeks. and The, the reason I would have blooded him a bit more is, number one, it's good for his progress. Number two... When he is called upon, you've got a player who's got that little bit more experience. And he's got, the hunger. The he's got
1: the hunger, hasn't
0: he? He's got the hunger, he's got the fight, but he's also got the energy and the drive. So maybe I'll be looking at, you know, the way Silver uh, Bernardo starting to look that wee bit tired. But mm-hmm. he took that goal well, to be fair. Oh, that
1: was sweet. That was sweet.
0: Uh, so, but then again, I don't see him every day in training. And I don't see what they bring to the table every day in training. Do you know what I mean? It's um, Because Gundogan scored against Palace. You've got Bernardo scoring against Leicester. We're talking about this, but would Phil Foden? I think it, me personally, I would have tried to build him a bit more. So when he is called into action, the drop-off won't be or shouldn't be as huge.
1: Riyad Mahrez, what do you think? Should he be further in his progression after this length of time? Or do you think he needs another season? Or how do you feel about him?
0: Well, I know there was a, I can't remember who it was now. There's a player at City who said that Mares had the best first touch he's ever seen. He's so, beautiful. I think so. But that but that—that that, that says it all to me then. You know, if you've got a player coming out saying that, well, and then you've got the likes of Silva with the Bruin folding or whatever in your squad. What's the, what, One of the things I find the problem is with our wingers, and especially over the last two games, the winger gets the ball and you've got people, you've got defences who are organised and they're pulling straight back. So you're looking at Sane or Sterling have got the ball they've got three players to beat mm-hmm. and with all the best will in the world you the ch- if you run at them a hundred times in a game you might get through two or three because you've got three players there mm-hmm. so they're sort of getting our uh, wingers at the moment and I think that's why we seem to be lumping it a bit longer into the box our wingers seem to be getting snuffed out I can't remember. When was the last time we scored a, a counter-attacking goal? Got the pace to burn to, to, to achieve this. So I'd just be looking. mores I think, is in a difficult situation. I think he's a great squad player. And uh, again, it's, it's we are living in a world of extremes where people are either dog shit or they're uh, world class. And the world's never like that. It's, uh, it's It's always somewhere in the middle. And it just depends how far in the middle you fall. Um, I just think Mahrez, again, he's not a player to be judged before Christmas this season. In some respects, again, it's that Bernardo factor. I'd like to see what he's like next season.
1: What do you think, Walter? I mean, all the pods, all the City pods that I've listened to, they have all mentioned the threat of Tottenham now. What do you think about them? They've got Son, but well they're they're going to lose Son Hyung min I know that because I'm a, living in Korea. They're going to lose him for 4 or 5 games to the Asian Cup. He's been one of their deadliest players. How do you how do you assess what they've done so far and how much of a threat to the top 2 are they?
0: Uh, history tells you that they're not a threat, but you know, history books can be rewritten. I think the one Harry Kane injury from struggling to finish fourth. Well, it's not just there's a lot of backup in a lot of positions. Uh, and the reasons for that simply have been that they've moved into this new stadium and I recognize that they've got a lot of games at home. Now, whether they take to this new stadium or whether they can push on, history tells us that they always seem to, to it. spurs it up well spurs it up. So again, you're asking me to predict the future. you know they've got a good chance, as good a chance as they are for many years, but there's a reason pundits aren't taking them quite as seriously as they are. Awesome Liverpool.
1: Do you feel like this is the end of our wobble? Or is there more to come? Now, we're going to be playing Southampton and Ralph Hassenhutel, the uh, the former uh, RB Leipzig manager. Everyone said they were rejuvenated, but as you know, they lost to West Ham there the other night. How do you see the game going with City against Southampton?
0: We played them twice last year and we beat them. Gabby Jesus got the goal right at the end of the season to, yes. to get the 100 points. Okay. And. Uh, Saint Marcuse and Raheem Sterling got uh, that goal in the ninety millionth minute, and we mm-hmm. won two one at our place. Mm-hmm. So that that was very much a turning point for the season for me as well. Like you could just see the momentum building again. Mm-hmm. It's that important word. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be an easy game especially with the, the form but what I did like was if you've got one manager who's going to learn from the mistakes that have been made and is going to be there figuring out what is going wrong with Manchester City there's no one on this planet I'd rather than Pep and he talks about that slightly after going back and re-looking at things you know just because something's working doesn't mean it's going to work forever and you've got a lot of smart managers in this top league who are studying videotapes and sending scouts just looking back Southampton this way if we want to be winning the league and we want to be putting that pressure on them we've got to turn up and turn them over well it doesn't matter if you turn up and turn them over as long as we walk away with three points at the, this stage of the season now that's all that matters
1: Walter I can't let us finish this podcast without asking you about Manchester United and the effect of their new manager <sighs>
0: I think the way they did it was they got rid of. I mean, that performance against Liverpool was just embarrassing. Yeah, it was really? it was it was a shambles. It was the the fight, that was the final nail, wasn't it? Mm. So they managed to get rid of him. Then then the the the, the votes and thought, well, who've we got next? We've got Cardiff, Huddersfield, and I think they got two two other easy games next. So if you want to bring in a new manager to turn around and get that bounce, you looked and went, right, we need to get rid of him because there was two you know they beat Huddersfield and then they beat Cardiff and it was like this, this, this type of football would never be seen look how attacking we were um you know, this wouldn't have been the same result under Mourinho. I'm scratching my head and thinking, "Hang on a minute." The week before, you beat Fulham 4-1. One of the so- most emba-
1: one of the most embarrassing memes I think on Twitter this week is that uh, I think at the weekend uh, Pogba scored a couple of goals, and his second goal, he he did this ridiculous sort of rap dance, and someone uh, filmed that and they put Manchester United celebrating when they're nine, 19 points behind the leaders, and this is how you know they're celebrating. What is gonna happen, Walter? What's your prediction? What's gonna happen for the rest of the, the season? Are they gonna basically cement sixth place or are they going to, you know, with the, all of the positivity and the, the lack of Mourinho cracking the whip, are they are they likely to move up a place or two?
0: Well they've got a lot of good players there. Um Mourinho just was strangling that club in so many aspects. But the, the all got Oli is a, a plaster on a, it's, it's oh, like wounds, sh- huh? on a gaping wound, and I was going to say it's like someone getting shot, and then you're there going, hang on a minute, I'm sure I've got the first AK. kit. <laughs> Let's put that plaster over there. Yeah, I can't see the hole anymore. It's all mm-hmm. good. You you carry on, some. But it's um, there's a lot of problems at that club, and. Pogba, let's get this right. Pogba is all about 100 percent about Pogba. Yeah. He ain't bothered about. I don't. He's not bothered about United. He's all, He's just looking after the Pogba brand. And um, I think many respects, Mourinho had it right that he was a virus. And um, that's you've got rid of Mourinho. Next step, you need to get rid of Pogba while you, you can get good. Are money you for feeling him. a
1: little bit of sympathy for um, for Mourinho
0: now, Walter? No. <laughs>
1: well, do do you think he was right about Pogba and some of those other guys?
0: Yeah, of course he was. It did stop playing for him, and you know, I don't, I don't feel any sympathy for Mourinho. I mean, he's got. a Let's get this right. He's got more money. than Mike, Me and you was <laughs> me and you were seen in ten lifetimes. So for me to have any kind of sympathy for the man, and he's not. He never came across as a. <laughs> He's not a manager that I would have liked to see. You know when, when <laughs> Pep arrived. Well, when Pep arrived at City and Mourinho arrived at United, and they finished on exactly the same points, and they both had squads that needed sorting out in so many different ways. Look what Mourinho did to United, and then look what Pep did to. Do you, do
1: you think City. United appointed yes him just because we appointed Pep?
0: Yes, I've said it before. You know, it's, it's this idea of one of the things that killed Swales was this idea that he was trying to keep up with Manchester United. And Manchester, the, the role reversal reversal has happened where we appointed Pep Guardiola, and they were like, right, uh, right, Louis Van Gaal, you're not right. Get Mourinho in. He did a mm-hmm. good job at Madrid. Right, yeah, that will, that will help. And so that you know, the guy who just won an FA Cup final, and they get rid of him and bring in Mourinho. So. And what they're also doing is going down the model of buying these players for an extortionate amount of money, whether they seem to fit the system or not. You know, it's that transfer strategy, Sam. City just seems to be very much on the ball. Uh, As much as we're crying out for a left-back and a cover for Fernandinho and possibly another central midfielder, because Fernandinho, whether he's going to be here next year or not, he ain't getting any younger. But I think this is all planned and sorted at City. They know this. Well, if you ask people at United maybe a thousand different opinions about what needs to be done. You know, they're not singing from that same sort of collective hymn sheet that they are at our place.
1: Wow, Walter, it sounds like you've been listening to some fantastic history pods on a certain podcast but um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I did a survey of all of the Manchester City transfer rumours. It took me a long time. I eventually published an article about it and came up with four names Walter. I'm just going to ask you to comment as we finish now. On these four names, now we're definitely, well, I would say definitely probably not going to get any in January, but the four names that kept coming up again and again that are linked with Man City are number one, Ndombele, because Frankie de Jong has pretty much agreed to join Barcelona, so that's that's the new Yaya Toure in many
0: people's opinion. Well, if his if he's if his if, he's, if his attitudes right, yeah.
1: You, there there is a question, of course, Walter, that we heard on the ninety three twenty pod that when he doesn't get picked, he can go in a strop. Uh, the other guy is uh, a wonderful player who's very like David Silva, called Hussein Awar that Pep fell in love with. The two other guys are a guy called Nicolas Pepe who's a striker very much in the mould of Nicolas Enelke, and he is about 22 years old. He's banging them in for Lille, I think, in uh, the French League. And the only other question was the left-back, and the left-back that keeps coming up linked with City is uh, Fawzi Gulam, who's an absolute s- Olympic sprinter and uh, you remember he caused us a lot of problems before he got taken off in the game when we played them uh, last time. If we got those four players in the summer I'm sure you'd be delighted with that would you not?
0: Well yeah uh, to be honest with you that would mean in some respects trusting Delft to the end of this, well until t- we get mended back fit and ready mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure if we're ready for that. I'm Thinking, Mendy. He's back in January, oh, sorry, February. And if you remember, but it takes him a while to. It took him a while last time, anyway, to get up to full speed and running. Now he'd have to come back full speed running straight off the bat.
1: And the question (sighs) is, Walter, can he defend? He's a great winger, but can he defend? That's the big question, isn't it?
0: um, To be honest with you, Mike, we've not seen a massive. We've not seen a massive uh, amount of games with him playing to, to make that judgment. Yeah, yeah I've only seen him right. torn a bits in one game. He seems to be,
1: yeah, you're talking about Wolves, but he, he seems to remind me a little bit of Walker. He's got the speed to get back. But, um, when you're talking about a specialist left back, I mean, I don't think we do specialist left backs anymore, do we, in the modern game? I don't, I can't think yeah, of anybody. Of no, we do. Can you think, apart from Robertson, can you think of a great fullback in the Premier League? Thinking about a real defensive fullback on any team. I, I guess they've gone out of, uh, they've gone out of existence now, haven't
0: they? Well, I tell you, I, it's I not like the days of Kenny
1: Sansom, is it?
0: no he, he was he was a great left back and Stuart Pearce. Oh. Um, Chelsea have got two decent full backs oh they
1: have have they asked piliqueta and uh, Alonso they're two they're a great pair of full backs aren't they
0: you know I think there's a better left back option out there than what we've got at the moment that's what I'm saying and that's up to the scouting teams recruitment teams whatever to go and have a look at and make sure they're bringing the right character and then you've got a choice there's a lot of players out there who would fulfil that role better than Delft. and if we manage to not sign anybody then I think we've we I think we're leaving ourselves open to Liverpool not only winning the league but us getting videos about it for the next 20 years <laughs> talking about it being the greatest challenge the greatest tag team that's ever won the Premier League you know there'll be books there'll oh, there'll be books, Solms, you poems. name it oh.
1: Walter I'm going to leave you with just something very funny um, that I heard and it's like the Man City fan TV boys they were doing the whole review of the Leicester game they're talking about potential transfer recruits and at the end of it I think it was Ray our friend Ray who said you know what I would do and he said I would go to Chelsea and I'd offer them a hundred million for Kante for Man City because he's not being played in his normal position they've got Jorginho in there he's been forced out to the right I would go in there with a cheeky bit of a hundred million and say give us uh, Kante and uh, I laughed out loud at that because of course it seems in many ways ludicrous Walter what do you think
0: well, he to be honest with you as funny as you say it is what he would do is he'd make sure that the back 4 wasn't expo- exposed as half as much as it is um, what, uh, one thing that, that I don't quite see with Kante is that ability that Fernandino has to put his foot on the ball turn with the ball 180 receive it from the back turn and move forward with the passing and it's the pace as well so I think there'd be better options out there. It'd be, it'd be great in many respects... And, you know, whether that could be coached into him or not, I'm not 100% sure. But what he does offer is that protection.
1: Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. That's me and Walter. That's the Leicester review. We didn't talk too much about the game, but let's face it, there wasn't a lot to talk about. So um, we're going to keep our chins up. Got Southampton coming up. We're going to beat those guys. We're going to beat Southampton. We're going to do Liverpool and we're going to get back on track. And uh, that's your review for this time. So I'm going to thank Walter for... Being on. Thank you so much, Walter, for being on this podcast and your insight and your theories and ideas. Thank you,
0: mate. No problem. Uh, Best of uh, luck to all the Blues out there for 2019. Let's hope it's a a successful season.
1: Thank you very much, guys. We'll be back with you after the next game. And as usual, have one on us and up the Blues. i